Section 23. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 10. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 10. Section 23. Abraham Cowley. Selections. Selection. Of Myself. By Abraham Cowley. It is a hard and nice subject for a man to write of himself. It grates his own heart to say anything of disparagement, and the reader's ears to hear anything of praise from him. There is no danger from me of offending him in this kind. Neither my mind nor my body nor my fortune allow me any materials for that vanity. It is sufficient for my own contentment that they have preserved me from being scandalous or remarkable on the defective side. But besides that, I shall here speak of myself only in relation to the subject of these precedent discourses, and shall be likelier thereby to fall into the contempt than rise up to the estimation of most people. As far as my memory can return back into my past life, before I knew, or was capable of guessing, what the world or the glories or business of it were, the natural affections of my soul gave me a secret bent of aversion from them, as some plants are said to turn away from others by an antipathy imperceptible to themselves and inscrutable to man's understanding. Even when I was a very young boy at school, instead of running about on holidays and playing with my fellows, I was wont to steal from them and walk into the fields, either alone with a book or with some one companion if I could find any of the same temper. I was then, too, so much an enemy to all constraint that my masters could never prevail on me, by any persuasions or encouragements, to learn without book the common rules of grammar, in which they dispensed with me alone, because they found I made a shift to do the usual exercise out of my own reading and observation. That I was then of the same mind as I am now, which I confess I wonder at myself, may appear by the latter end of an ode which I made when I was but thirteen years old, and which was then printed with many other verses. The beginning of it is boyish, but of this part, which I here set down, if a very little were corrected, I should hardly now be much ashamed. This only grant me, that my means may lie, too low for envy, for contempt, too high. Some honour I would have, not from great deeds, but good alone. The unknown are better than ill-known. Rumour can ope the grave, acquaintance I would have, but when it depends not on the number, but on the choice of friends. Books should, not business, entertain the light, and sleep as undisturbed as death the night my house a cottage more than palace and should fitting be for all my use no luxury my garden painted o'er with nature's hand not arts and pleasures yield horace might envy in his sabin field 
thus would i double my life's fading space for he that runs it well twice runs his race and in this true delight these unbought sports this happy state i would not fear nor wish my fate but boldly say each night to-morrow let my sun his beams display or in clouds hide them i have lived to-day you may see by it i was even then acquainted with the poets for the conclusion is taken out of horace and perhaps it was the immature and immoderate love of them which stamped first or rather engraved these characters in me they were like letters cut into the bark of a young tree which with the tree still grow proportionably but how this love came to be produced in me so early is a hard question i believe i can tell the particular little chance that filled my head first with such chimes of verse as have never since left ringing there for i remember when i began to read and to take some pleasure in it there was wont to lie in my mother's parlour i know not by what accident for she herself never in her life read any book but of devotion but there was wont to lie spencer's works this i happened to fall upon and was infinitely delighted with the stories of the knights and giants and monsters and brave houses which i found everywhere there though my understanding had little to do with all this and by degrees with the tinkling of the rhyme and dance of the numbers so that i think i had read him all over before i was twelve years old and was thus made a poet as immediately as a child is made a eunuch with these affections of mind and my heart wholly set upon letters i went to the university but was soon torn from thence by that violent public storm which would suffer nothing to stand where it did but rooted up every plant even from the princely cedars to me the hyssop yet i had as good fortune as could have befallen me in such a tempest for i was cast by it into the family of one of the best persons and into the court of one of the best princesses of the world now though i was here engaged in ways most contrary to the original design of my life that is into much company and no small business and into a daily sight of greatness both militant and triumphant for that was the state then of the english and french courts yet all this was so far from altering my opinion that it only added the confirmation of reason to that which was before but natural inclination i saw plainly all the paint of that kind of life the nearer i came to it and that beauty which i did not fall in love with when for aught i knew it was real was not like to bewitch or entice me when i saw that it was adulterate i met with several great persons whom i liked very well but could not perceive that any part of their greatness was to be liked or desired no more than i would be glad or content to be in a storm though i saw many ships which rid safely and bravely in it a storm would not agree with my stomach if it did with my courage though i was in a crowd of as good company as could be found anywhere though i was in business of great and honourable trust 
though I ate at the best table and enjoyed the best conveniences for present subsistence that ought to be desired by a man of my condition in banishment and public distresses, yet I could not abstain from renewing my old schoolboy's wish in a copy of verses to the same effect. Well, then, I now do plainly see this busy world, and I shall ne'er agree, etc. And I never then proposed to myself any other advantage from His Majesty's happy restoration, but the getting into some moderately convenient retreat in the country, which I thought, in that case, I might easily have compassed as well as some others, who, with no greater probabilities or pretenses, have arrived to extraordinary fortune. But I had before written a shrewd prophecy against myself, and I think Apollo inspired me in the truth, though not in the elegance of it. Thou neither great at court, nor in the war, nor at the exchange shall be, nor at the wrangling bar. Content thyself with the small barren praise, which a neglected verse does raise. She spake, and all my years to come took their unlucky doom. There are several ways of life let others choose, there are several pleasures let them use, but I was born for love and for a muse. With fate what boots it to contend, such I began, such am, and so must end. The star that did my being frame was but a lambent flame, and some small light it did dispense, but neither heat nor influence. No matter, Cowley, let proud fortune see that thou canst her despise no less than she does thee. Let all her gifts the portion be of folly, lust, and flattery fraud extortion calumny murder infidelity rebellion and hypocrisy do thou nor grieve nor blush to be as all the inspired tuneful men and all thy great forefathers were from homer down to ben however by the failing of the forces which i had expected i did not quit the design which i had resolved on i cast myself into it a corps perdu without making capitulations or taking counsel of fortune but god laughs at a man who says to his soul take thy ease i met presently not only with many little encumbrances and impediments but with so much sickness a new misfortune to me as would have spoiled the happiness of an emperor as well as mine yet i do neither repent nor alter my course non ego perfidum dixi sacramentum nothing shall separate me from a mistress which i have loved so long and have now at last married though she neither has brought me a rich portion nor lived yet so quietly with me as i hoped from her nec vos dulcissima mondi nomina vos musei libertas otia libri hortic silvec anima remanente relinquam nor by me e'er shall you you of all names the sweetest and the best 
you muses books and liberty and rest you gardens fields and woods forsaken be as long as life itself forsakes not me but this is a very pretty ejaculation because i have concluded all the other chapters with a copy of verses i will maintain the humour to the last selection on the death of crashaw by abraham cowley poet and saint to thee alone are given the two most sacred names of earth and heaven the hard and rarest union which can be next that of godhead with humanity long did the muses banished slaves abide and build vain pyramids to mortal pride like moses thou those spells and charms withstand hast brought them nobly home back to their holy land ah wretched we poets of earth but thou wert living the same poet which thou art now whilst angels sing to thee their airs divine and joy in an applause so great as thine equal society with them to hold thou needest not make new songs but say the old and they kind spirits shall all rejoice to see how little less than they exalted man may be still the old heathen gods in numbers dwell the heavenliest thing on earth still keeps up hell nor have we yet quite purged the christian land still idols here like calves at bethel stand and though pan's death long since all oracles broke yet still in rhyme the fiend apollo spoke nay with the worst of heathen dotage we vain men the monster women deify find stars and tie our fates there in a face and paradise in them by whom we lost it place what different faults corrupt our muses thus wanton as girls as old wives fabulous thy spotless muse like mary did contain the boundless godhead she did well disdain that her eternal verse employed should be on a less subject than eternity and for a sacred mistress scorned to take but her whom god himself scorned not his spouse to make it in a kind her miracle did do a fruitful mother was and virgin too how well blessed swan did fate contrive thy death and make thee render up thy tuneful breath in thy great mistress arms thou most divine and richest offering of loretto's shrine where like some holy sacrifice to expire a fever burns thee and love lights the fire angels they say brought the famed chapel there and bore the sacred load in triumph through the air tis surer much they brought thee there and they and thou their charge went singing all the way pardon my mother church if i consent that angels led him when from thee he went for e'en in error seen no danger is when joined with so much piety as his ah mighty god with shame i speak and grief ah that our greatest faults were in belief and our weak reason were e'en weaker yet 
rather than thus our wills too strong for it his faith perhaps in some nice tenants might be wrong his life i'm sure was in the right and i myself a catholic will be so far at least great saint to pray to thee hail bard triumphant and some care bestow on us the poets militant below oppressed by our old enemy adverse chance attacked by envy and by ignorance enchained by beauty tortured by desires exposed by tyrant love to savage beasts and fires thou from low earth in nobler flames didst rise and like elijah mount alive the skies elisha like but with a wish much less more fit thy greatness and my littleness lo here i beg i whom thou once didst prove so humble to esteem so good to love not that thy spirit might on me doubled be i ask but half thy mighty spirit for me and when my muse soars with so strong a wind twill learn of things divine and first of thee to sing selection on the death of mr william hervey by abraham cowley it was a dismal and a fearful night scarce could the moon disk on thy unwilling light when sleep death's image left my troubled breast by something liker death possessed my eyes with tears did uncommanded flow and on my soul hung the dull weight of some intolerable fate what bell was that ah me too much i know my sweet companion and my gentle peer why hast thou left me thus unkindly here thy end for ever and my life to moan oh thou hast left me all alone thy soul and body where death's agony besieged around thy noble heart did not with more reluctance part than i my dearest friend do part from thee my dearest friend would i had died for thee life and this world henceforth will tedious be nor shall i know hereafter what to do if once my griefs prove tedious too silent and sad i walk about all day as sullen ghosts stalk speechless by where their hid treasures lie alas my treasures gone why do i stay he was my friend the truest friend on earth a strong and mighty influence joined our birth nor did we envy the most sounding name by friendship given of old to fame none but his brethren he and sisters knew whom the kind youth preferred to me and e'en in that we did agree for much above myself i loved them too say for you saw us ye immortal lights how oft unwearied have we spent the nights till the ledian stars so famed for love wondered at us from above we spent them not in toys in lusts or wine but search of deep philosophy wit eloquence and poetry arts which i loved for they my friend were thine ye fields of cambridge our dear cambridge say have ye not seen us walking every day was there a tree about which did not know the love betwixt us two 
henceforth ye gentle trees forever fade or your sad branches thicker join and into darksome shades combine dark is the grave wherein my friend is laid henceforth no learned youths beneath you sing till all the tuneful birds to your boughs they bring no tuneful birds play with their wonted cheer and call the learned youths to hear no whistling winds through the glad branches fly but all with sad solemnity mute and unmoved be mute as the grave wherein my friend does lie to him my muse made haste with every strain whilst it was new and warm yet from the brain he loved my worthless rhymes and like a friend would find out something to commend hence now my muse thou canst not me delight be this my latest verse with which i now adorn his hearse and this my grief without thy help shall write had i a wreath of bays about my brow i should condemn that flourishing honour now condemn it to the fire and joy to hear it rage and crackle there instead of bays crown with sad cypress me cypress which tombs does beautify not phoebus grieved so much as i for him who first was near that mournful tree large was his soul as large a soul as e'er submitted to inform a body here high is the place twas shortly in heaven to have but low and humble as his grave so high that all the virtues there did come as to their chiefest seat conspicuous and great so low that for me too it made a room he scorned this busy world below and all that we mistaken mortals pleasure call was filled with innocent gallantry and truth triumphant o'er the sins of youth he like the stars to which he now is gone that shine with beams like flame yet burn not with the same had all the light of youth of the fire none knowledge he only sought and so soon caught as if for him knowledge had rather sought nor did more learning ever crowded lie in such a short mortality whene'er the skilful youth discoursed or writ still did the nations throng about his eloquent tongue nor could his ink flow faster than his wit so strong a wit did nature to him frame as all things but his judgment overcame his judgment like the heavenly moon did show tempering that mighty sea below oh had he lived in learning's world what bound would have been able to control his overpowering soul we've lost in him arts that not yet are found his mirth was the pure spirits of various wit yet never did his god or friends forget and when deep talk and wisdom came in view retired and gave to them their due for the rich help of books he always took though his own searching mind before was so with notions written o'er as if wise nature had made that her book so many virtues joined in him as we can scarce pick here and there in history more than old writers practice e'er could reach as much as they could ever teach 
these did religion queen of virtues sway and all their sacred motions steer just like the first and highest sphere which wheels about and turns all heaven one way with as much zeal devotion piety he always lived as other saints do die still with his soul severe account he kept wiping all debts out ere he slept then down in peace and innocence he lay like the sun's laborious light which still in water sets at night unsullied with his journey of the day wondrous young man why wert thou made so good to be snatched hence ere better understood snatched before half of thee enough was seen thou ripe and yet thy life but green nor could thy friends take their last sad farewell but danger and infectious death maliciously seized on that breath where life spirit pleasure always used to dwell but happy thou tain from this frantic age where ignorance and hypocrisy does rage a fitter time for heaven no soul e'er chose the place now only free from those there among the blest thou dost forever shine and wheresoever thou cast thy view upon that white and radiant crew sees not a soul clothed with more light than shine and if the glorious saints cease not to know their wretched friends who fight with life below thy flame to me does still the same abide only more pure and rarefied there whilst immortal hymns thou dost rehearse thou dost with holy pity see our dull and earthly poesy where grief and misery can be joined with verse selection a supplication by abraham crowley awake awake my lyre and tell thy silent master's humble tale in sounds that may prevail sounds that gentle thoughts inspire though so exalted she and i so lowly be tell her such different notes make all thy harmony hark how the strings awake and though the moving hand approach not near themselves with awful fear a kind of numerous trembling make now all thy forces try now all thy charms apply revenge upon her ear the conquests of her eye weak liar thy virtue sure is useless here since thou art only found to cure but not to wound and she to wound but not to cure too weak too wilt thou prove my passion to remove physic to other ills thou'rt nourishment to love sleep sleep again my lyre for thou canst never tell my humble tale in sounds that will prevail nor gentle thoughts in her inspire all thy vain mirth lay by bid thy strings silent lie sleep sleep again my lyre and let thy master die selection epitaph on a living author by abraham cowley here passenger beneath this shed lies cowley though entombed not dead yet freed from human toil and strife and all the impertinence of life 
who in his poverty is neat and even in retirement great with gold the people's idol he holds endless war and enmity can you not say he has resigned his breath to this small cell confined with this small mansion let him have the rest and silence of the grave strew roses here as on his hearse and reckon this his funeral verse with wreaths of fragrant herbs adorn the yet surviving poet's urn end of section twenty three